0: and we're back with rob no <laughs> it's like come back to npr gotta get closer to the mic uh sorry i'm still obviously new at this uh you can cut all that out
1: this is sorry to get back on topic and i'm rob rogan i have yet another guest here because our host is delinquent with his job and other life tasks i guess <laughs> um But uh, anyway, it's still fun because I get to talk to another great friend, Todd Hayen. Not really sure what we're going to talk about. Maybe a little bit of productivity. Um, And uh, I asked the Telegram chat if there were some suggestions. This is also in one of the episodes of, you know, topics that you want us to cover. And fan of the pod, Jeff Perry, suggested, among other things, productivity and workflows. And... Anyway, as we'll get into it, I think that Todd might be particularly a good person to talk to about this, but I find that whenever we get together, we can talk for hours about just about anything. So uh, (laughs) without further ado, welcome, Todd. How are you doing? Hey,
0: thank you. Yeah, Ah, I'm happy to be here. Glad we got this set up.
1: Yeah, finally. A little tweaking, but hopefully it's good to go. (laughs) I know you from working as a camp counselor at Blue Lake, the same place that I met Alex Monroe, although at a different uh, summer session. Yes. And uh, you want to give like a little background about yourself? What what are you up to now and and all that?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'm living in New York City now and teaching elementary music and uh, living the dream. I'm on my spring break. Oh,
1: nice. Yeah, I don't I don't get breaks. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's the one perk about being a teacher. <laughs> so you get that whole school schedule. Yeah,
1: and buy the supplies yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not fair. Ugh.
0: Then you can keep the supplies.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good. Recycle. <laughs> I see you have a black trumpet. This is this is like horrible podcast material, but I didn't know you had a black yeah, trumpet. Yeah,
0: this is a, <laughs> a, a natural trumpet behind me. What, what does that mean? It is... Uh, plastic in this case but it's uh plastic yeah, designed to, to work <laughs> i'm thinking
1: like is this like made out of
0: cedar <laughs> it's it's de- <laughs> right it's designed to work uh with beginners um brass for beginners is the company <laughs> oh, okay. and they it's pretty cool yeah they make uh natural trumpets so they're twice as long but natural Baroque trumpets is what they're called so and what does
1: the word natural mean
0: uh, oh yeah, it just means that it was before they had valves.
1: <laughs> oh, so like a, so they're trump- like a oh, yeah. I don't know like a a bugle you might think of or something like
0: it's sort of yeah so a bugle is uh, I don't know what are those called that didn't have valves <laughs> Trump yeah natural trumpet mm. I mean they they were they uh, yeah before they invented valves they basically the instrument was twice as long and so then they were you were able to play it by. Uh, reaching the highest partials in the harmonic series to create a scale. Uh whereas a bugle like you only have like the lower partial you only have the partials that are the initial ones that occur in the harmonic series. I'm getting really yeah, I don't inside baseball even know what here a partial but partial is but um so like partials <laughs> like like um like the first one. So you have like the fundamental waveform and then you have um the first one is an octave and then it's a fifth above that. And then uh, I think it's a third above that. And then after that, it starts to be pretty close to like a scale. And uh, and so, yeah, we could, if any of this makes it into the podcast, you could like insert <laughs> uh, a little trumpet demonstration because I'm sure there are
2: Footnote, yeah. g-
0: great stuff online.
2: But. A brass instrument's body is essentially a tube that resonates with the air column blowing through it. The way that sound waves travel through this column forms a limited pattern of pitches, known as the harmonic series, with notes spaced far apart at the lower end, but coming closer together as the pitch increases. The musician can alter the pitch of the note through slight contractions of the lips and alterations to air volume and speed. Slower warm, sighing air produces lower pitches, and faster, cool, flowing air produces higher pitches in the series. But any single harmonic series has gaps where pitches are missing, and the versatility of brass instruments lies in their ability to switch between multiple series. On instruments like the trumpet, valves can be lowered to increase the length of tubing the air travels through. While on a trombone, this is done by extending its slide. Lengthening the tube stretches the vibrating air column, reducing the frequency of vibrations and resulting in a lower pitch. This is why the tuba, the largest brass instrument, is also the one capable of playing the lowest notes. So changing the instrument length shifts its harmonic series, while slight variations of the airflow and the player's lips produce the different notes within it. And those notes finally emerge through the flared bell opening at the end.
1: So some people decided to add valves so that they could fit more trumpets in a, in a small space or something. (laughs) He said they're twice as long originally. So now, now they can be much smaller (laughs) to what end.
0: (laughs) I think it was more about, yeah, more about being able to play in different keys. So because like you had to actually change the length of the trumpet in order to play in a different key. So the one on the wall is C major, Mm -hmm. um, and i guess you could in theory do like the relative minor of that and all of that but it really doesn't you can't play in like d major so like there's uh huh. with some alterations of the the piping then you of would it. Uh-huh. get a different key yeah you
3: need and a so the, the for
0: main that. yeah and, and the main the main thing with the valves is chromaticism so like the haydn trumpet concerto was one of the it's like the most famous one that was written right after they had started to uh do valves they actually it's actually a keyed trumpet that one and so in the Haydn Haydn wrote in the piece a bunch of like sneaky chromatic lines to like show off like look what we can do now like (laughs) roll
1: out this fancy new edition of a trumpet
0: yeah 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 like I couldn't do that before with the old (laughs) ones but now (laughs) I can so I'm gonna flex those muscles in my (laughs) composition
1: Meister flexing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great. Uh <clears throat> so yeah, you studied trumpet.
0: Yes, that was my main <laughs> that was my main instrument. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I you, played a little bit here, but I'd like to do more playing in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's tricky, there's so many opportunities, but there's also so many more people vying for the opportunities, so it kind of all balances each out. other out.
3: Yeah. Huh,
1: it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I haven't really, I haven't really gone out and tried that much. I, I have actually started a creative project with my cousin's dance friend, and I'm um, putting together like basically the soundtrack for her dance piece. And, oh wow! Yeah, probably. When, putting when you say in, putting oh,
1: together, are you are you making the music, or you mean you're selecting?
3: I think
0: it's going to be a little bit of both. I mean, I'm uh-huh. going to start with source material, sort of like sampling. She has a couple of tracks already that she likes. And uh, so we're going to kind of piece it together. And then I'm going to probably overdub my trumpet. She liked that I played trumpet and it was like, be kind of cool hmm. to have something that would make it cohesive. You ever been to like a dance recital? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back Sometimes I dated a
3: dancer <laughs> went to oh, me. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that I notice as a musician seeing dance pieces put together is if if they're sort of use a compilation of music, it's usually a very jarring transition from one to the next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it's uh, I think makes sense for them as dancers like they it doesn't bother them. But I think uh, that's one of the things that I want to try to smooth out is like.
1: You, you also hear the, the same thing, like, sometimes in, like, a car commercial where there'll be, like, a theme from some sort of symphony, and then all of a sudden it, like, cuts to the conclusion, you know, right. and, and I'm like, Wait, <laughs> hold on, how did you get there? Right, <laughs> right, right. But right. I realize they have, like, a minute and 30 seconds to sell their car with some Haydn.
0: Yeah, yeah, they got, I'm sure, uh, yeah, I don't know how all that works. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I'm excited about about that. It, re- it reminds me of being in college. I did a lot of projects like that in college. That's
1: cool. Yeah, it's it's always fun. Like even even when work is busy, or sometimes especially when work is busy, it's I find like I need something creative on the side. And I, at the beginning, I didn't feel like podcasting was particularly creative because it's just like a couple of people recording a conversation. But you know, right. personally, I I really like the editing part because I get to like chop it up. And, you know, I had, I went, maybe I went a little crazy with the episode with Alex, but, um, you know, (laughs) putting in some music and like fading it in and out and all that stuff. And, um, so this is just kind of like a platform where I get to experiment with audio editing and hopefully if, if people, you know, hate it, or if they like it, then they can let me know. And then I can learn like what to do and what not to do going forward, get better at it. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like a nice way to switch your brain off of whatever you have consuming you at work or whatever stress there is and just do something that's totally different using a different part of your brain. So I'm sure like selecting this music and, and editing it or thinking about it is pretty different from, you know, everyday teaching stuff.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so, yeah, Sorry, my
0: my waveform was doing strange things, but it keep, it appears to be okay now. And it was during the part where I wasn't talking, so I think oh, we're okay. okay.
1: Then I can just duck that out.
0: Yeah. I, I had a question about that, actually. Uh, uh, when I would edit what little I have done for this kind of work with podcasting, I it always takes three times as long as I think it will. Oh, yeah. Is that the case for you like i mean i guess the more you do it the better you are predicting
1: yeah and there's lazier ways of doing it and um (laughs) so our co-host josh is like his professional job is editing podcasts he was previously at this network called twit this week in tech um which was i think in terms of the podcasting world was pretty well known um back when we were in college, more or less. And, I mean, they're still making money, so people do listen to it, but I think that a lot of people have kind of moved on to other stuff. And um, now he's working for another network, which is why he's super busy. Uh, I won't really go into any of that. Maybe I can let him update people. But uh, So for the first few episodes of this show, he edited them, and, I mean, they're great, but I've noticed uh, maybe he takes a faster approach um to it cuz he didn't there were a lot of things that I would normally have snipped out kind of like pruning you know some hedges to make sure that everything is you know perfectly crisp any of these awkward pauses that I'm doing right now cut those out that kind of stuff so that way it has a an even flow to it sure uh, and um sometimes if it lent itself to it you know chop out a section at the end and put it up at the front to be like an interesting teaser and uh maybe rearrange certain sections so it's more i'm more like the like a heavy editor like if you think about like writing an essay or a story like yeah you flush it all out on paper and then maybe you move the paragraphs around and you you know switch out stuff so anyway i don't know what i was saying i guess the thing is it's um Josh is really great at getting like good sound quality, but I think he was very fast because he just kind of checks out the beginning and the end and makes sure that on average the sound quality is okay, but I don't know if he necessarily uh, goes through ours and kind of trims it up like that. He probably does that for his day job every day, which is why he would not want to do that on ours. (laughs) But for me, it's fun. So, you know, I, yeah, I definitely, I do a first pass and it takes me. I mean, I have to listen to the whole thing first and I usually take notes or I'll put notes somewhere in the software and, um, of just like where the sound is bad, where there's a background noise or I'm rambling like now maybe (laughs) and, um, and make, make those notes. Then I go back and I just kind of start picking away at it. And then I usually it's, I'm up late and then I go to bed And I pick it up the next day with fresh ears. Again, just like writing a story, you want to like step away from it and then come back to it. So, yeah, it definitely takes me a long time. But I don't mind it because for me, that's my favorite part is like, okay, now I have this raw material and now I can mold it and, and do stuff with it and publish it and then hope everyone is happy with the way that it sounds.
0: Yeah, I like that. I found that I would get to that point where I don't know whether... The editing that I'm doing is actually improving it or just changing it like and yeah, the,
3: <laughs> that's
1: true
0: and and the and that that I found to be frustrating because I like
1: <laughs> well you gotta be you gotta be comfortable with mistakes and you know yeah. just like yeah. any creative endeavor um you know I as I joke about on this podcast is you know like only our friends Mike and Nick might be listening so it's right. super low pressure. <laughs> right. If, if, well, you know, 200 people from the internet decide to subscribe to our show, that's great. But you know, that's on them. I'm not promising, well, you know, a stellar podcast here. This is, this is my, my playground. And if, you know, I edit something and it's too much or it's too light or whatever, then I'll change it next time.
0: It's interesting. Cause that actually, I had written down, uh, it's sort of related to a topic I was thinking of. That's, that's also related to productivity, but just the the whole uh, brave new world of the internet and how everything lives potentially forever in yeah. that, you know, once it's online, it really, uh, you can't guarantee that it doesn't exist anymore once it's up. Uh, well, and li- like you said about ahead. something like this, I mean, like right now, I don't want to go into politics or anything, but but things like politicians who are you know running for offices i'm imagining like millennials in a decade or maybe sooner
1: maybe they had a shitty uh, youtube channel and now they're running for yeah, right the
0: people people that are that and even like the kids that i teach they're elementary school kids but they're using apps like tiktok uh and musically and instagram even and just putting up so much content they they tell me about it like i've never yeah. seen any of it but they're like Oh yeah, I put up this or that, and I'm just like okay, and I'm just imagining, uh, you know,
1: can you imagine like a debate stage? So we found this video from when you were seven years old, and Exa- that's you what I'm thinking. I'm like Timmy in is, the balls.
0: Is that <laughs> is that what it's going to turn into? It's just like, and where where do you draw the line? It's it's uh, yeah. it's really kind of an interesting thing, whereas. You know, it used to be that far much of your life was public, but mm-hmm. now
1: that that kind of that makes you think of um, well, one one short response and then one longer sort of philosophical thought. I don't necessarily think that everything is on the internet forever um, because sure. it definitely it 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 depends on the value of the content and maybe where it lives. You know, so for example. I started podcasting in college in, what, 2007 or 8, and um, I had this whole website, Pink Parachutes, which there's a funny story behind that and all that, and um, I had it going for a couple of years with my friends, Josh and Nick and Mike, and I have no idea where those episodes are now. Like, I went to the the web archive, because we don't have the website anymore. I went to the web archive, and I was able to find, like, a really rough version of the website, like a picture that it took. Um, But, you know, most of the stuff is broken, and the audio files definitely aren't there, so no one's archiving the audio. I don't have it anymore. So, that's a funny example of, yeah, where stuff definitely does die. Um, I think you know, stuff like pornography probably has more staying power. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, and I wonder if, like, we had been born 10 years later, and instead you started in 2018. That's true. I I just wonder if, you know, the same quality or whatever, like, I just, I bet the archive nature of the internet is more sophisticated now, but, you know, maybe not.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, we are saving so much more, and there's, like, so much free cloud storage and um, storage is just getting cheaper and cheaper. So, and who knows, you know, stuff could be archived somewhere on a Google server that I don't even know about that they're saving just for their purposes. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be public, but, uh, then the other sort of longer philosophical thought I had about, you know, where, where do you draw the line? If you have a video of like a let's say it's a 65 year old person running for Senate and, then you have this TikTok video back from when they were in, you know, fifth grade and they were a real asshole. Is that like a judgment on their character? And then you might say, well, no, he's just a kid. But then I think there's instances now where you see teenagers and you you kind of wonder where to draw the line. You think of like someone who's under 18 legally, they're a minor, so they're held to a different standard. But um, I remember, what was it? There's that news thing about the native Americans and these asshole privileged white boys that were like yelling stuff. And, and there's a lot of harsh judgment on them, which I mean, I definitely joined in, but, but then in the same vein is like, okay, so let's say when they're 50, is that still going to reflect on them? Do they get a free pass?
0: Yeah, totally. And, and in that, in that particular case, there was a lot of people that jumped to judgment, and then, like, based on one like snippet of video, but then there was other, like, nowadays everything that's public yeah. is like recorded on multiple devices. If it's like, oh important. yeah, and there
1: are different points of view, and it turned out points to be a different view, and story. So,
0: and so then it's like, oh, you know, you know, maybe it was more complicated than initially reported. Right. But besides
1: that point, I'm just thinking that as like an example of someone who maybe they're like 16 or 17 and they do something that's bad, Yeah. then I mean, I'm inclined to sort of, and I think a lot of people are inclined to just judge that person forever and just be like, well, that's who you are. And, you know, maybe you're not doing it right now, but I know who you are, you know, deep down on the inside. But then on the other hand, you kind of hope for yourself that. You know, you as a person evolve, and that you're not the same person you were ten years ago, and you're not the same person you were twenty years ago. Uh, Definitely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, kind of, I don't
1: have a conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine.
3: Well, <laughs> we can move on. Sorry to, productivity. to get back on topic. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, to get back on topic. Um, yeah. What do you you're you're showing me this app the other day called Minimalist. Yeah. And I like it cuz it's cause it's minimal. But I keep <laughs> I keep forgetting to open it. So I'm super minimal. I don't even use it. <laughs> I I set up all my to-dos. This is what I do. I every fucking to-do app i'm like ooh, wow this is a really cool slick design and oh you can just swipe and it'll fade away and oh i can change the background color here i'm going to type in all the things i have to do and then i don't look at it for two weeks and then i open it up and it's like overdue overdue <laughs> right right
0: yeah and then it judges you
1: yeah <laughs> Or I'm like I I did that already I did that ages ago I just didn't open the app and swipe left or shake it or whatever you have to do
0: <laughs> right do a little dance
1: so for me you know when I think I think um, this uh, the podcast listener I was mis- mentioning earlier Jeff was uh, asking on Twitter you know like recommended apps and. I, my response in short was just kind of like, it's not necessarily the app you use, but it's the, the habit that you make around it. And right. I know that I have zero good habits, so I generally don't bother with to-do apps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how do you uh, keep track of the things you need to do? Is it just all in your head? Like,
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, I don't know if if that sounds crazy or anything, but to me use it's... a calendar? Um, well... Okay, so at work, you know, it's like a typical, like what you'd see on TV, like office job where you're at your desk, you got a bunch of emails, and then you also have calendar events popping up on your work calendar. So in a sense, like I, when I get in every day, I check to see, okay, what meetings do I have? Do I have a meeting? Like I get in at like 10 o'clock and I'm like, shit, do I have a meeting at 1030? Um... And I I see sort of what I have to do that day. And I kind of just orient myself around getting the work done before the meeting. So the meeting Mm. is is some sort of deadline for me. Like, oh, I have to review a rough draft with someone. And so I need to make sure I get the rough draft done before that time. Or, oh, we're going to do a final um, prototype of something. And so I make sure that, you know... I get feedback from people and make some changes and stuff. So that way it's, it's looking good before I go into that meeting. And so I guess, yeah, in a way I do use the calendar as my task manager, but it's nice because (laughs) I don't have to do any of it. People, you know, send, (laughs) send me, they're like, uh, you know, send me invitations like, Oh, Rob, you're added to this, you know, discussion next thursday and oh we're all gonna have a team meeting next wednesday and and so it just comes in and i hit accept <laughs> and then i just wait for it to roll around but in, in my, and then you have, yeah in my personal life i don't really have anything
0: you have like built-in deadlines then right?
1: yeah basically but also i mean deadlines in a sense of like you need to have some stuff done in order to have a conversation otherwise the meeting is pointless But not a deadline in the sense of like, okay, it needs to be completed. Not like a school deadline where, you know, you have to have the final paper written and proofread. I feel like at work, at least at my job, it's a little bit more loose. Like, oh, you're not completely done? Then that's fine. Let's, you know, we'll get some feedback and we'll revisit it and we'll just move it forward until it is done. Wow. Yeah, we're not going to like rush something if it's not done. So that's That's a whole
0: different world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's no, there's no hard deadlines. I mean, there are, maybe I'm exaggerating. There's a few, like, so if you shop on Amazon, maybe you're familiar with prime day. Um, so that's, that's, you know, it's like Amazon invented their own damn holiday to sell more shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do not represent the views of my employer.
3: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Exactly.
1: No disclaimer. uh, (laughs) Disclaimer. Yeah. But so, you know, in the case of something like that, or, you know, normal human holidays like Black Friday, <laughs> which are naturally yeah. occurring.
3: <laughs> naturally occurring. <laughs> right.
1: The, the These are things that, you know, you got to have your, your sales and promotions all lined up and your special products are ready to go. And the emails and the page designs are all good to uh, spam everyone with for several weeks leading up to it.
3: <laughs> right. So
1: <laughs> I, have, I have a very dark view <laughs> of, of e-commerce. But that's what podcasting is for. Uh, yep. um, but to answer your question, so, yeah, occasionally there are sort of hard deadlines of like, this has to be done before Prime Day. But because of the nature of my job as a designer, I just get paid tons of money to do, you know, minimal work. (laughs) And uh, by that, I mean, I believe that the developers, the engineers really do the hard work because they actually have to make the page. They have to make the apps um, with, you know, code and math stuff whereas i just yeah. draw like hey what if it looks like this and then You're like my, an jo- my, my job is done yeah so um
0: like a big picture idea yeah,
1: yeah yeah so i i'm i'm kidding i mean my job can be stressful but there is a natural padding of uh it's never going to be like prime day is tomorrow and we're waiting on rob my stuff right. <laughs> my stuff is going to be done months before prime day because you need mm-hmm. months for the developers to start coding it so right. if I am a week late or two weeks late, God forbid, that's fine. I mean, someone else just has to work harder. <laughs> I see. So that's that's my job in, in terms of task management. Yeah.
0: Hope, yeah. I
1: hope none of my employers are listening.
0: That that
3: <laughs> I doubt it. Going
0: back to our earlier discussion that may or may not end up on the podcast. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It's interesting because I have had the same experience as you in terms of trying out a task manager app and then just not committing to it. And, you know, the only thing that stuck with me for a while has been Evernote. Oh, yeah. That's pretty
1: nice because it has a lot of other features that keep you coming back.
0: Right. And it's really just because it feeds my inner digital hoarding. And you
1: you're the worst.
0: <laughs> I I ha- it's it's I have a problem. <laughs> I, there should be a AA for digital hoarding. <laughs> I um yeah, but it but it's I haven't reached the limit. I mean, the limit on on Evernote is is not a Some total limit, I believe it is a, like... Per file. Every month you can't upload more than X, Y, or Z. I forget. Okay. One of those Uh, where you just
1: wait for the next month to roll around.
0: Right. And I've never hit it for the month. I've hit the the size limit on a single note, which is annoying, because it's not actually that big. I think it's, like, I want to say 225 megabytes. Like, it's Hmm. not... Yeah. that big That's so like a big, video no. oh but it's yeah, big but videos. it's not like i can't save like a 10 minute video on there i really liked the app clear and i feel like that mm. was a that was a game changer app that because it was one of the first i think to get popular that was really chromeless and yeah and very and minimalist um that was all the rage t-
1: in in ui design, design. yeah
0: right i mean yeah. i'm not, yeah yeah this is your field i, I, would, I remember I, when it came I, out it,
1: like. it was like holy shit what is this there's no like there's no uh text box to type in right. your next task no, like, there, there's no save button. icon yeah
0: for the settings and or... it's and
1: also this is i don't remember what year it was but the whole you know smartphone thing we were still warming up to it like iphones were cool but not necessarily everyone had one yet right and um and so the swipe gesture it was the first app that was entirely gesture based.
0: Ah, interesting.
1: I mean, maybe not the first, but um, it was a a really popular one because it relied heavily on gestures. You would swipe to to clear something, and you could do some. Oh, you could pinch to like collapse sections and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just yeah, grab and move up and down. It's funny. I never, I, I never
1: even got the app because I think it was like five dollars. Something. Yeah,
0: it, it does cost. <laughs> I think it still costs, but it it's yeah. uh, still somewhat popular. At, and at then, the time, um, I didn't want
1: to pay for it. Now I don't mind paying five bucks for an app,
0: right? It's especially a historically significant one. Yeah, <laughs> I should go get it now. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and not and use then, it. And then I got sorted, which. I, for a while, used. Uh, they made a sorted two. It's kind of confusing. I don't I have to go back and look because now they are now two separate apps, but I think they're by the same designers. Um, but.
1: And it's task management?
0: Yes, but slightly different in that uh, it's very similar to Clear in its design, except it has. Uh, the ability... The, the default is that you put in a task at a certain time frame. And then it has, on the left side, a swipeable, basically, timeline that allows you to not only adjust up and down, like, which task goes in front of the other, but if you were planning to start something at, say, 3 p.m., and you're getting started with it late or early, uh for that matter, you can use this left side gesture to change all of the times relative to one another. It's kind of hard to describe. Oh, you can kind of bump it,
1: bump everything down relatively exactly. speaking.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: That's kind of and cool. And
0: it ha- and that was really cool. And you can set it uh pretty easily to assign days to things. And Sorted lets you do that too as like a reminders. Huh. You can sort of make it part of your calendar. Excuse me, Clear lets you do that as well, but Sorted it was a, a bit more embedded. And I really I liked that as a supplementary like day-to-day like okay, I've got my calendar, those I use that for hard mm-hmm. deadlines and I just use the Apple calendar cuz that's yeah. enough for me. And it's on all the devices. And then And then in terms of like, okay, I've got this time to be productive.
1: Then you go in and you see like what you want to use that time for.
0: It was very simple on sorted to just put it in there and then, uh, you know, map out kind of like, especially for longer periods, you know, if I have 20 minutes, it's not worth it, but if it's a longer stretch of time and then, I mean... The David Allen getting things done was like a life changer for me. That book. That was another uh, really
1: popular thing that I totally ignored. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this is great. We got was both
1: talking about getting things done. And we all got this both stuff. perspectives here. This and is good. I, I remember I was like, and the whole task mastering, like every blog was talking about getting things done or their special method of heightening yep. their productivity. And I just was kind of scratching my head thinking like who, who are these miserable people with like overwhelming <laughs> things to do? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just, you know, living my life day to day.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, privilege, I guess. I, I don't guess know.
1: I guess so. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I I think um yeah, and that and Pomodoro, Pomodoro was a big. Oh yeah,
1: I used Pomodoro for my um my Google application, where they had they're like design this app in two weeks, and so I was like shit, I need to focus and right, you know, as I had just explained, I normally slack off all the time, so yeah, Pomodoro <laughs> forced me into this tight little twenty five minute time box of like, her yes. twenty or whatever, and it's like focus on this, okay, now you can walk around, okay, now focus again. And right, right. I, I really liked that. It it felt painful. It was like being in a productivity gym, and <laughs> it was my personal trainer. But it it got results. And then as, as yeah. soon as I was done with that project, I you know never looked at Pomodoro again. But if I have to do you know something intense like that, then I'll definitely use Pomodoro.
0: And you, get, we've talked a little bit about uh, like Kanban or Agile tools. Yeah, I think, I Not think on, because on it was funny
1: podcast. it was funny to me because that seems like a very tech world type of thing. Like I know about it. Right. I didn't know that that you you education people would know about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean I think well it's interesting. I think that all How do
1: you use it? I think you uh, might have told one? me a little bit, but you know, for yeah, the sake oh, of our uh, grand well, the, audience.
0: Yeah. Kanban um is used in a lot of that concept is used in a lot of like self-directed learning communities. So more, not so much in a traditional uh, school, um, public school, but if the, if you're working on a collaborative project or you just set intentions, that's a big thing. So like Agile Learning Center is the big one in New York City that was founded. And without getting all into it, they it's a basically a school for I believe they are classified as homeschoolers, like uh, according to the state. But they, you can enroll there and ages like, I think it's like seven to 21. Uh, Uh And
1: just for a bunch of privileged children?
0: Well, they, I guess, I mean, initially, (sighs) I find the more affluent
1: families send their kids to to these, uh, um, I don't know what offensive term would be best, but uh, right. unorthodox education systems.
0: Well, you could, <laughs> like yeah. My child's could... not
1: going to a public school. They're going to go to a self-directed learning I, I center mean, where they yes. can learn whenever they want to.
0: If you compare it to sending your kid to a you know publicly funded public school or public charter school, mm-hmm. Yeah, then it's expensive. If you compare it to any other option, it's pretty cheap. Like it's way cheaper than any private school you could find, mm, like a Catholic have, school or something. Oh yeah, like way, okay. way, 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 way cheaper because they they can they don't have their their costs are so much less because um, mm. they don't have to hire certified teachers or they have facilitators.
1: <laughs> we don't need certified um, teachers. <laughs>
0: well, because they don't they don't believe in that they believe in that everyone is learning all of the time, and that this mm-hmm. creation of school is really a fabrication that was you know designed for the purposes of what they needed after the industrial revolution, and they needed workers and they it was a very narrow purpose and
3: mm-hmm.
0: and now in the modern age it is not necessarily the best setting
1: yeah and i mean i'm joking about it because it's so so unorthodox and it's it's outside of what you're typically used to and i don't think many people have you know any awareness if if that would work but then to play devil's advocate there's little awareness that says that the public school like the typical curriculum works like sure it works right. in the sense that everyone is going through the same motions at the same life stage so we are able to be assessed on the same level um but that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean that something works I'm trying to think right. of a good metaphor for it but like you're 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 putting all the meat through the same grinder <laughs> Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best one, but, you know, if everyone is going through the exact same thing, then, then you can, you're just kind of relatively judging, you know, some smart kids and some, some dumb kids. But uh, if we're uh, trying to look at education as maybe an objective thing to do to a a developing mind, maybe there is a better way to do it.
0: Yeah. And so anyway back back to the, the productivity side i think it's also used kanbans oh, yeah, uh, like <laughs> are used like like it's it's becoming more popular now with public schools to do something like uh 20% time which came out of google a, Yeah. Uh, legend the legend has it that uh that google would give their designers uh, 20% of their time i guess to mm-hmm. work on some passion project uh that could pretty much be anything, but they had to like share their work at some right. later point. And that's how like Gmail, I guess, was hmm. kind of originally started. I think it was Gmail and like maybe what couple other, you know, side projects. Uh they, and they let so... us do
1: that at Amazon too, but I oh, cool. refused to do anything creative at work because then they would own it.
0: Right, just like in Silicon Valley. If I have Piper.
1: an idea, I'm going to go home and I'm going to do it myself.
0: <laughs> have we talked about Silicon Valley? I can't remember.
1: Uh, no. The show? The show? I mean, maybe once or twice.
0: Yeah, no, have I love the it?
1: show.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, it just reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. The show when in that part where they're all worried about the ownership of Pied Piper. Yeah. Spoiler alert.
1: Right. <laughs> if you if you haven't seen it by now then sorry. Sorry that this podcast ruined it for you.
0: <laughs> it's not really that's not actually that big of a Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. <clears throat> so but uh
1: school uh, kids yeah. using kanban because they have 20% time
0: Yeah, potentially like that would be that would be a use or or they some there's also called genius hour which is a similar concept where you know, it it end, teachers end up having to put sort of fabricated restrictions on it to show that they're teaching and that it's like curricular. Mm -hmm. You can't see in the podcast, but I'm doing cheesy air quotes. Uh, And the, uh, (laughs) and, but yeah, I think the idea of like, Hey, we're going to work on more at the like high school level, not probably elementary school kids, but you know, if they're working on a particular project, you put up, you know, the tasks that need to be done on yeah. post-it notes on one side of in the, in the analogs version of this on one side of the board and sort of like a to be done doing and done. And you kind yeah. of sign off and move your post-it notes as huh. you progress. We, yeah, and, that's uh,
1: what we do at work too.
0: Yeah. It's, and that's featured uh, in Silicon Valley. That's yeah, as well.
1: Yeah. Actually I say that we do, but really most people do it. I, don't really make them. I don't, I don't,
0: I don't. Rob, you're sounding more and more like the guy from Office Space uh, that uh, gets promoted for being lazy. Yeah, uh,
1: that's, a, that's essentially it. What's his name?
0: Uh, I don't, uh, I don't remember. A great movie.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really like to sit down and think like, okay, I'm going to do some sketches and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then they're like, make sure you update your board. And then I, you know, drag it to in progress or drag something to done. I was like, no, you know what? I'm just going to go off and I'm Mm going to work. And then I'll tell you when I'm done. (laughs) That's, (laughs) that's what I prefer to do.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're a rogue.
1: Yeah. But it's, I think for me, it's, it's interesting because I'm on, um, I'm on a bigger team now with this one project that I'm doing. And for the past couple of years, usually I kind of work solo. They would divvy up the projects like one project per person. And so I would update my boss or I would update my team in terms of like how the project is going, but I didn't get down to like granular tasks of this is what I'm working on today. And then I'm going to move it over to this pile Um, because I was the only one that I really had to worry about. But now that I'm on this team with this group of designers, it is kind of a pain (laughs) having to document more i don't know i feel like documentation is frivolous but i i do see the argument on the other hand of like well if you have multiple people you want to see like who's doing what um right but then i'm like well w- why do you care but i don't know <laughs> that's another
3: topic
0: yeah <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting but that kind of thing is i, I think it's good for delegating
1: Yeah. And I think it's good. So like in the Silicon Valley show, and I don't need, I don't know if this is true about how developers work, but they made it seem like, okay, we have, you know, an app to build and we can break it off into all these chunks. And I'm going to write the chunks on note cards and anyone can just walk up in any order they want. Just, Hey, I'll grab that one note card. I'll do the, I'll do the login screen or whatever. Sure. And pick it up and work on it. And then, like, they had this little montage competition of, like, who could go through as many as possible. Right, right. And in in my reality, at least, with designers, I don't think you can do that. I, first, I mean, I have to do all of the design. Or if we're splitting it up, then I might do a certain thing. And then I'm waiting for someone else to do another part. Yeah. It's not like I can just skip ahead to the end. So right. it's not as I, productive as it sounds on TV.
0: Well, I think yeah, in the show they weren't they were assuming
1: if everything were asynchronous that'd be great. Like if this were like house chores and there's like dishes, yeah, right. laundry exactly. Nothing and is related cleaning to the toilet, else. then you could just do anything in any order then then sure, that'd be a great like bulletin board method, but at work it's it's a little bit more linear than that.
0: But I think but I think that it does show I don't know. I I take your point, but I think it also shows the power of the doing column. Hmm. Because if I'm like feeling like psyched to do the login screen, for instance, and uh, if everybody's on board and knows just internally whether or not it's like clear visually on the board that, you know, the uh, site map, I'm kind of making this up whatever, the sitemap, you know, needs to be done before I can work on the login screen, then the fact that somebody has moved the sitemap to doing gives me like, okay, so when that's done, I'll get to that. But right now I'll do this other thing. You know, it's like... That's a good point. It gives you that visual feedback uh, without having to have the conversation of... Oh, hey, Rob, you're really good with the sitemap. Can you do that so I can get working on the login screen? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, you just kind of keep going. Oop, I just bumped the mic, but hopefully the shock thing will save it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, that's a good point.
0: I don't know. It's, so do you, it's do you use it at,
1: at your school now?
0: No, I wish. Um, I would be cool. I used it. We used it when uh, I went to the summer workshop at agile learning center and they use mm. it every day uh that's one of the things that they do to keep people a, a bit more sense of you know productivity and mm-hmm. structure Everybody sets yeah everybody sets intentions for the day yeah and then you kind of update whether it's an analog one or they use the app trello everybody oh yeah has trello i've I used account. that yep it's, I think it's sort of just a digital version of mm-hmm. Kanban with some more features. So, yeah, I think and, I've come around
1: yeah. on the on the task management thing. Maybe I'm just more of a calendar person than a bullet point list sure. person. I think, and I think I like to yeah. have that on there to like see how it's spread out. I get overwhelmed when I just see, you know, eight tasks and the velocity can be really slow. Like maybe it's two days before I get to click one of those tasks off, right, but if it's on a calendar and I see something's you know if today's you know Wednesday and I see something scheduled for Friday, then okay, it's not so bad
0: yeah i I am the same way, and I think the big one of the big light bulbs for getting things done that method was that it it's designed around sort of principles instead of a piece of software. Like he's not trying to sell you anything except for concepts and ideas and like like workflow principles. So like one of the one of the principles he has is like the two minute rule where it's like if you think of a task that needs to be done mm-hmm. and it takes two minutes or less, the time to do it is now. Hmm. Like, there's just not, there's there's not a, it's inefficient to put that task into your system right. if it takes two or less minutes, because then you have to then go back and process <laughs> it again when you're yeah. deciding what to do. It's like if if it's such a small amount of time, and then he says also that some people expand that to a five minute rule. So like none of these are like hard and fast, but just the concept of, you know, if you can approximate uh the time it takes for something to be done so it's like for me i like i like having like rules like that so like it's very when i feel overwhelmed like i can just be like yeah what's something i can get done quick and then the other thing he has is like that that to-do lists don't really work like he doesn't (laughs) he he calls them like to-do lists really should be called next action lists they're basically and and a lot of people organize those around contexts So, and that might be a little more old school. I mean, this was developed in, I don't know, the 80s maybe. I don't remember when the first book was published, but the idea that like, you know, certain things are like errands that need to be done when you're like at the post office or when you're, you know, out Uh. at the store or at the office versus at home. And so you would then put, you know, sort of group your tasks sort of, with with uh with tags and on Evernote you can do that. So like
1: reminds me of uh on the iPhone, the default reminders app lets you do that too with location.
0: Right. Yes. And then nowadays, now that the you know Big Brother's watching everything you do, it can like ping you when you're physically by the post office. It'll say, Hey, do you want to do X, Y, and Z that you said you needed to do? Mm-hmm. And then But then the big the big one of the big game changers for me was realizing that Half the things that I would put on my to-do list were um, completely not uh, single to-do items. They were really projects, as David Allen calls them. They're multiple to-dos.
1: That's one thing that I've learned with at work doing the Kanban or the Agile stuff is you have to break it down into really tiny things. So it's like... Login screen? Okay, well, you can't just design a login screen. First, you need to, you know, maybe need to audit, take a look at all the popular login screens today and see what works, what doesn't. And then another task might be just to sketch out your idea. And then another task could be to draw the wireframe and then another, you yeah, know, so on and so forth right. until you get to a, a polished design version. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: like, and the idea of having, so then as soon as you think of a task that has more than two, I think that was the rule, it might even be more than one, but I kind of use more than two discrete tasks, then it becomes a project. And then the idea is that you would come up with an outcome, and sometimes it's like really obvious, but, um, and those ones you just don't even need to write down the outcome but you just you put it in a separate you make a separate list for that this mm. is the this is the um one for me right now is the uh oh what do i call it if i i can't, I can't go to it on my phone but i'm using uh, minimalist and i'm using it i'm using a list for a project that's essentially uh just screen Uh, airplay or screen projection at my school because there's multiple ways I can get my computer or my phone or my iPad to show up on the big smart TV that Mm -hmm. I use with my classes, and I have Apple TV so I have that plugged into one of the HDMI ports and then I have a straight hdmi direct with an adapter that can go for you know with lightning is that what it is yeah the lightning connector for the ios devices or just direct in if i'm using my computer and i use that as like a backup if the airplay is being laggy and not good and then uh but i can also use uh the direct in I think, I haven't tried this yet, but for my laptop, if I put, there's like a hollowed out box behind the screen, behind the TV screen, where a desktop computer is, but it's all Windows,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so I could just take my MacBook Pro, and I have a an older one that I don't even like use, I could put that back there, like plug it in so it's powered, and then, but I'd need to get a, find some good wireless Mouse and keyboard probably uh-huh. it's like all these but like as I'm saying I'm, it I'm out loud
1: because like, I'm going to cut all of that
0: out. <laughs> right, no cut all that out, but it's like by me saying it out loud As an example, that was all, yeah, that's a lot of stuff That was the reason why I could never get Any of that done was because I just put on there Screen project like I knew to call it a project because I mm. used multiple steps, but I would put that on my to-do list and then every time I looked at it, I had to, like, reprocess all There's of so those things. so many ways things. to do it. Yeah, and, like, what are the decisions that need to be done? Like, it just, and then it just made me not want to look at it. Yeah. Like, if 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 the to-do list, it just has a mishmash of things, then it hmm. just makes, it, be, it turns into a list of, you know, broken commitments that I have with myself. Like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to do this, and then... I don't do it. And then it's just a reminder of my failures. Like it's (laughs) depressing. So I'm not going to look at it if it's going to be mean like that. Like, I don't know. That's how I look at it.
1: I, and I think like all my tasks are like work related tasks, which like I said, they're kind of done for me in terms of just showing up on my calendar. But Ah, when, when it's not work related, do you are you a taskmaster at home for your own like fun projects?
0: Only if I find myself not being productive. Hmm. uh Look, it, yes, if it's something that I want to do, but I just keep not doing it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, getting out this microphone and this setup, I didn't, I would have been better if I had put that <laughs> into a project because like I, in my mind, I knew it was multiple steps because I, I knew where all of the pieces were except for the microphone itself. But that's mm-hmm. kind of a critical component. Like I can't <laughs> test the system until I found the microphone. It's like,
1: so funny. I didn't know where my microphone was today either. I had to. Oh, that's funny.
0: Go yeah. Look for and, it. So, and I had like ideas of where it was and I was just, and I realized that all of the places that I was looking for it, I thought, oh, it's got to be here. But I realized that was just because the other places were far less convenient to search.
1: Yeah. it's fun, for, for my creative stuff, well, it's really just this podcast or occasionally messing around on my blog, but uh, that's more of like a time-killing thing. With the podcast, I think that... um. I would I would like to do more, but really the only thing holding me back is finding people to record with. So yeah. um on my end, I'm pretty much always available and I don't need to schedule stuff. It's kind of like like you know talking to you, what what's a good time? And let's do okay, let's do it right. for this Wednesday. And you know um trying to get a hold of, of Josh and <laughs> see when when is he going to have some free time and uh when <laughs> yeah. when's the next time we, you know we can record something and And so, again, I guess that's where the calendar comes in. I might set, like, oh, okay, availability on this day. But apart from that, um, you know, my philosophy is just kind of, if it's for myself, if it's for fun, then creating tasks would just stress me out, and then I'm not having fun anymore. So I just, you know, do it when I feel like it. But Right. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I was wondering, have you ever used the... uh, have you played around with the workflows that Apple has now? They, no, um,
0: but I've thought about it.
1: Or shortcuts, sorry. It used to be called Workflows. It was an independent app. And then they bought them, and now they're just Apple shortcuts.
0: So is this different from... I, they're, it's sort of like tasks that you sort of program it to do yeah
1: functions a
0: little bit and it has like some little icon of a robot doing stuff or maybe yeah. that was years ago i don't know so
1: i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm looking at um, on my phone right now so for example i set one that's called turn on tv and i don't think it works anymore oh we'll see no uh yeah i got all these working which is part part of my complaint that they don't work anymore but um
0: <laughs> Why don't they so, work anymore?
1: I went on Reddit and I found a bunch of cool ones because Reddit has all the sort of pro tips. <clears throat> yeah. And um, so if you look up shortcuts, on Apple shortcuts on Reddit, there's this one about turning on your TV. If you have an Apple TV, you can tell Siri and it like fires off this little HTML code or something and it talks to your local Apple TV and wakes it up. And if you have a TV, I forget what it's called, HDMI-C or something like that. Anyway, okay. if you have a, a newer TV, it will wake up automatically when one of your devices gets turned on. Hmm. So de facto waking up the Apple TV will also turn on your TV. And then I have another one for like my...
0: saying that phrase?
1: Yeah, you could say like, hey Siri, turn on TV.
0: Yeah.
1: And And she would do it. I made another one.
0: Could, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What? You, you, sorry, I was just gonna ask. You could set it to any shortcut, though. You could set it to a keyboard shortcut, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be.
1: Um. Well, this is well, on your you... iPhone, so okay.
0: Kind of does have to be a voice keyboard activated, right?
1: Well, no. There's an app. You could tap on the icon. Okay. And I'll I'll show you this later, but you, there's right, little sure. buttons you can you can tap. You can put it in your, um, notification screen, you know, where you've got all those little widgets that you can add so you can make a widget for it. And, um, so a a couple examples are like log your water where every time you tap it, it just adds eight ounces of water to your history. Um, or (laughs) I had one for my commute, which was great. Um, you I set up a prompt says, what do you want to listen to podcasts or audible? And if right. I hit podcast, then it would go down this decision branch of opening up Overcast, which is what I use to listen to podcasts with. and um, and then it would turn on the um, top playlist or whatever and just start playing through my shows. Uh, or if it's audible, then it would open up the audible app. Unfortunately, there's no hook for the software to like play the audiobook but if the app is open Uh, then on my wireless headphones i just hit play and it'll resume meanwhile in the background it would open up city mapper and plug in my commute to work so that way on my apple watch on my little city mapper icon it would say like oh i'm gonna arrive at work at 10 5 a.m and so i know i'm five minutes late and that was pretty cool but now it doesn't work so I don't know, people listening to the podcast, if you've run into this um, lately of them just not working anymore, but I was all excited with the new iOS 12 and the new iPhone, and I was setting them up, and they seemed like a good idea, but I, maybe I broke it, but they're not working anymore.
0: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Automator was the thing that I was thinking of. Mm. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, that's on the Is Mac. that a separate thing? Yeah,
1: that that was, that. I don't know if it still exists. Let me see. AutoMate, oh, no, yeah, it does. Mac thing. The little robot guy, yeah, it's that's built what in, I was thinking, built into your the Mac. Robot guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and like I, the original. Right, and I always wanted to like explore that, but it was always when I was doing a menial task, usually having to do with grading <laughs> <laughs> online. Just because, as a specialist, we have to grade like every student usually, and it, there's usually some really mundane process that you have to go through that you just have to do and it doesn't require any thinking just to get everything set up. Oh yeah. And I always would be like, God, this is the if I was like really techie, I could just program this to do it and loop or whatever. But but that's not the time to figure out how to use automator because every time I would look at it, then (laughs) I'd be like stuff done well yeah, yeah i'm like i'm like okay i could try to figure out how to do this but then if i just fiddle with it and it doesn't work the way i want it to then i've just wasted an hour like it's
1: or it's been five hours to get it to work and then you could have been done by now
0: right exactly yeah. it's like a love diminishing returns at some point and so yeah it's one of those funny
1: in, things in college i i remember what i used it for but i used automator for a couple of things and the mac i don't know if you know this but if you go into like the accessibility settings it has a voice recognition feature yeah and you can say a keyword like computer and it will start listening to the microphone and it will transcribe your request or whatever this Mm -hmm. is before siri before alexa before any voice devices like that and um i had my imac in my dorm And I had it set up to listen for that phrase, computer. And then I connected it to automator. And I don't remember what it was, but I would just say, like, computer, run, blah, blah, blah. And it would do its little function automatically for me. Like, maybe it would, like, I don't know, open up my favorite website or, like, check Facebook or something. But, um, yeah, I felt so cool back then. (laughs) And now it's just, like regular times <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't uh i still don't have any of the voice command stuff i can't get on board with it yeah can't do it especially now they just came out wasn't it uh amazon or was it apple that there was some scandal about the recordings being listened to or they're taking snippets and did hmm. you hear about this am i making this up i feel um, like there was a well recent... i
1: there have been See news articles candles? over time so I don't know if this is a new one. I remember one from last year. There was a court case where they used an audio clip from the uh Alexa device which this is going to set off all of mine just talking about it. But um <laughs> it's something They're about like <laughs> a conversation or background conversation or whatever that was picked up that was evidence for a murder scene and ah yeah. Um and people were flipping out like, oh, my God, it's listening to everything you say. But if you actually read the article or like read into it, um, you know, they had to have said either the word Alexa or something that sounds really close to it. sometimes, you know, if I'm talking and you have the consonants and, and the, the, you know, the A vowels coming in and out sure. on either end, it kind of sounds like it might be saying that and it'll pick up. And at that point, yeah, it starts listening for like maybe 10 seconds, I think, 10 or 15 seconds. And if it's an unintelligible request, then it'll go doo-doo and turn off. But that does, yeah, that does, in order to decide whether or not that's an intelligible request, like what temperature is it, or I'm going to murder my wife. Uh, as in the court case, (laughs) then, um, you know, it either way, it has to send that little sound clip up to the cloud, the Amazon server, where, because the little device, it doesn't have a strong enough computer to do all that smart AI processing. So it does that in their servers and then it sends it back all of it, you know, miraculously fast. Um, and they, they do, I mean, I don't really get to see into all the details of this, so I'm not positive, but they they might archive the audio for processing, but basically it just it sits there, you know, and just imagine the gajillions of just like Google has everyone's email, no one is particularly worried about that, and um and that's archived there so they can. skim through your your text and send you better advertisements in the future based on I think it's different, but but, but anyway my the point is that I'm getting to is I'm a very privacy focused person so this is weird for me to be defending but (laughs) the way the way that I see it is a it's only turning on the microphone for that 10 to 15 seconds and after those few seconds if it if it doesn't think you're actually asking it something like set a timer or what's the weather, then it shuts off the microphone. And from what I know, the hardware is built with two microphones. So yeah. um, it's very processor intensive to always process speech and listen for speech. So they have a computer that only has one job, and it listens for its name, which is you know Alexa, or you can change it to Amazon or whatever.
3: Yeah, you're so right. So it only
1: separate, listens. It's like, a microphone, right? Yeah, it's a that separate, microphone. Like, piece so of that microphone is running, and it's always listening for that s- specific set of phonemes, you know, that sound like its right. name. It's that is not recording anything because that would take up you know good gigabits of data to record all that empty noise that's not recording but it but it triggers the other microphone right it triggers And, and that is the microphone that turns on and samples you know 10 15 seconds sends it up to the home base processes it and gives you an answer so yes it is listening but asterisk it is listening when you say its name that's yeah, that, no, that, so that's yeah. my whole thing. Like yeah, I have like 3 of them in my house. I'm not particularly worried because I know it's only it's only going to record after I immediately say its name. And on the the goofy moments where I do say or it sounds like its name and maybe it's capturing, you know, something that I'm actually saying to my wife about dinner or whatever. It's, you know, sure. pretty inconsequential that it it pales in comparison, I think, to like Gmail or Google Photos, both of the products which I, I heavily use, um, you know, where I upload all of my photos for their image processing so I can search cat and it shows every cat that I've ever taken a photo of. And that's fucking oh, wow. cool. Yeah, I don't do that. Um, but the tradeoff is they have all of my photos, so.
0: And um, they're building... Uh, yeah, AI that's going to yeah. take over the world but someday. But at, at the same
1: time, I have like a <laughs> VPN and um, I use Firefox and all these ad blockers and stuff. So I'm kind of a, a walking contradiction. But yeah, right. <laughs> I'm actually thinking that's of getting away from Gmail and, and using the, uh, the Apple iCloud mail. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just talking to Josh about this. Um, not, you know, I don't know, no particular reason, but just thinking of how I I feel like I should just use less of Google. And my my philosophy with a lot of stuff, you know, be it a diet or a a techno diet, is don't bother going cold turkey. I hear people, you know, like, oh, I deleted my Facebook account or something. But start out with just trying to do less. And, you know, maybe after doing less for a long time, then you no longer feel that pull. And then you're able to quit. Right. Anyway, what the hell are we talking about?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, we're just productivity tools and uh oh the automation. The, the voice
1: assistance and you don't yeah, have any assist- Yeah, you're not on board with that yet.
0: Yeah, that I don't use any of that um and I don't think I'm missing much.
1: You don't think you are until you are.
0: <laughs> well, I mean like I that's not to say that I can't I can still use Siri on my watch or on my phone. I just do it but with yeah. the physical shortcut, I don't, I have, hey, Siri turned off. I just. Right, right. So it's like, I have to like use my finger like, oh no, mm. like I just, <laughs> I don't have, you know, I don't have a TV at home. I don't know what, I don't have any of my lights hooked up. Like,
1: Oh, see, I as have you can, all that. <laughs> right. And as
0: you, you haven't been here yet, but as you probably saw just from the glimpse of the mess here, it's very tiny, just one room. So uh-huh. my, my little apartment's not like, be like, turn on the living room lights. Like there is no living room. It's just one yeah, room. It's yeah. like, yeah.
1: Light the foyer, Siri. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. I've, I've got all the, the Philips lights and the Sonos speakers and all that stuff. That's cool. And it's the sort of thing where, yeah, of course, like most technology, it's totally unnecessary, but you get spoiled where. Uh, It started out of getting lights for the bedroom, so that way when I crawled into bed, because in our old apartment the light switch was like at at the entrance to the room, and then I'm in Uh, bed, and if I have lights on, I have to get out of bed to turn off the lights So I'm like, let me just get these things, you know, I'll just turn it off with my phone. And you know, five years later, I've got twelve of them, and I've (laughs) got. I've got the Google assistant and the Amazon assistant and Siri and all that stuff. And it it didn't hit me until I was at an Airbnb once. I was on a business trip and I crawled into bed. (laughs) And like a little baby, I had to get out of bed to turn off the lights. And I was like, oh, shit. Or I woke up in the morning and usually I wake up and I'm like, hey, Google, what's the what's the weather today? As I'm like, you know, getting dressed or something. And it's like, oh, it's going to be a high of 53. And then, you know, at this Airbnb, I I get out of bed and it's just like, I have to like go and dig for this information myself in my $1,000 smartphone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny. I've been, I don't know if it's a a setting. I don't, my, uh, my Apple watch is not consistent at all with the just showing the time when I turn my wrist.
1: Oh, waking up, yeah. And huh. I think
0: I might just not have it tight enough, or maybe I turn that off inadvertently. You're a vampire,
1: kind. yeah. Maybe it thinks thinks Right, died. exactly.
0: But it is like <laughs> there've been times where I've been holding things, and I just want to look at the time, and I and I go like this, and it doesn't show up, and I'm just like, God, if I just had a Ugh. ten dollar Target watch, I'd have more information right now than I have. <laughs> or, or one on the
1: wall, yeah.
0: Well, right, yeah. It's usually when I'm like, yeah, out and about, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you do you have the newer watch with the? Yeah, with I the, have the ecg
0: no because yeah no i don't know oh, yeah that. we were talking about that we, okay we, yeah. we did it last time i saw you we uh yeah and you gave me a clean bill of health from the <laughs> ups and downs
1: my amateur medical degree my, my second look, hand medical knowledge
0: there, there you go <laughs> they kind of look like uh waveforms that i've been staring at this whole time yeah know, for the audio
1: oh yeah sort <laughs> That's of it's crazy yeah. Uh, There was was something else I wanted to ask you about, but I I forgot.
0: (sighs) Oh, I wanted to bring up, uh, well, we talked about it, I think, when I saw you, the Dunning-Kruger effect and how that relates to podcasting. I would imagine, particularly, I think, with podcasts, it's like the idea that once you learn a little bit about something, then it's like human nature that we all overinflate our uh concept of expertise on the subject Mm -hmm. and with something like a podcast that was definitely that's definitely like a fear of mine like just sounding totally ignorant years later or months later
1: oh yeah lean into it heavily like all that about alexa i just you know i know very little but i just made it sound like i'm an expert
0: (laughs) Hmm. i'm not sure
3: nope
0: yeah. Well, I you, who knows? But, but uh my friend Rebecca and I were gonna make this podcast for a while, and we even recorded a couple episodes. And like, I really enjoyed. Like, I I like put together a whole like little like theme song that like oh, placed wow. in our some you know little phrases of what we said in the first couple <laughs> episodes, and like, and and it just. It didn't happen it was like just too much work to just do it for one episode and then Hmm. it was sort of like that's what happened with letters oh right
1: that that podcast that i did um a while
0: back that seemed like a lot of work but again
1: it was it was fun it was only three episodes but i published it and i thought i would keep going but uh you know, it required more than one person. I had to get like two to three people on board for yeah. one episode. And I think the way I had it set up was I had them submit me a audio file and then like I would follow up with something and maybe they would send me another one. I don't yeah, I think remember it was back and forth like that. Yeah. It was so like, it was like the idea was letters. sending letters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I got the idea from blue lake. I don't know if oh, I explained yeah. that in the podcast, but... Um, I,
0: it was cool, though. But I do remember thinking, like, yeah. wow, this is a lot of production. Like, it reminded me of, like, an NPR segment, like, a All Things Considered yeah. or... You One know, episode we-
1: took me yeah. about a month. Wow. To edit. Yeah.
0: So, it's like, if you really... If, like, that's your... But it was if fun. you really get yeah. a lot out of that and you have enough... Yeah, enough people. If, then... if I
1: had, yeah, if I had enough people who like wanted to be audio pen pals and just send me right. enough stuff, and I just sat there and edited it all together, then I would totally do that. But it's, you know, too hard to nail down multiple people.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, if, I think if I had spent less time on that first episode and just thrown it up there and then done another episode like you know another two episodes right away yeah it wouldn't have felt like that big of a deal but it's just like when you spend so much time on it and then i would like cut it down more and more until the point where i i couldn't tell like w- whether any of it was salvageable like there was a point where it was just like why would i leave this part in but not that part like why it just hmm. i over edited and and then it just was like am i really going to there were some things that were like topical that were interesting banter but were very like specific to the time and this was like a month or two later and so it was like not relevant and so yeah there's like all those things but it, and it's it just reminded me of that
1: i'm i'm sort of on the more liberal side of just do it put it out there If it sucks, it's not like it's not like the Internet ocean is going to become more polluted. Um, Right. You know, it'll just fade into obscurity. That's the worst case scenario. (laughs) Um, But at least you did something and and you and you put it out there. Um, That's true.
0: That's true. And I think it might also come from I had a um, my personal website. I started when I was 14, I think maybe 13. Oh, wow. I got, like, the domain name because I just was, like, into HTML and I just would rip off just shamelessly view source and rip off, like, oh, yeah. how'd they do that where you click on the little picture and then it shows you the big picture and, like, like <laughs> little yep, bits of that's how you CSS learn. and just Java, little bits of whatever. And I had a section on there. I had a blog for a while. I had a blog spot. And... Uh-huh. And then I started publishing on my website completely like manually, which in retrospect was a so much work. Like I did oh, not yeah. have any automation. I just, when I wanted to do one, I would have to like copy and paste the HTML to make it like formatted right and put in yeah. enter the date. And then I would like type out the whole thing and then copy it like, you know, copy and paste like the ending yeah. HTML to make it into a box. And then I would do like seven, posts and then i would make that and then i would archive that and then i would do another seven and then it would i would put the dates like at the bottom if you wanted to go to the archive you had to like you couldn't
1: that's like like the website equivalent of using a typewriter
0: (laughs) totally like you there there was no there it was impossible to like click on any individual post unless that was just the most recent post and i hadn't gotten to the seven yet and (laughs) like each each page had seven i think it was seven maybe it was five there was a certain number that i that i thought fit and uh yeah and at some point i just stopped and then but looking back and then i and then that was like the blog part and then i would also do rants and i called them rants and uh-huh. these were like things that were less topical but more uh just my own opinion and those are the ones that are really cringy and i i i think that was I, my dead journal oh yeah
1: <laughs> the ranting
0: you had a dead journal what is that
1: yeah oh it's like a live journal have you heard oh, a like live journal yeah yeah it's, it's like an emo live journal
0: or like Zanga. <laughs> i never
1: had a yeah the, the the gothy kids in, in high school had dead journals and
0: dead
3: journal. I, Ooh, that's
0: dark I, I mean
1: i don't know why i wasn't gothy but my friends were so Okay. I guess that's it, yeah.
0: You were goth adjacent. Yeah,
1: goth adjacent. <laughs>
0: like,
1: that's the title of the podcast. There it is. Goth adjacent. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, it's interesting. So it's sort yeah. of like that stuff. I think that set me up to be then like really careful about what I put online. And like even today, huh. like, even today, like my update all oh, oh, the website. ranty stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think to like, and um, even just update, like to this day, I still, my website is completely from scratch HTML. Like I refuse oh, wow. to use any, I'm just WordPress like stubborn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I've just, I'm, um, I'm a stubborn old curmudgeon, but it hasn't been updated in like a few years now. Like, oh man. But whatever. But you can
1: always delete it if you I can, uh, yeah. a post or whatever and I mean... it's not
0: like i i go on there and i'm like it's outdated but it's not embarrassing like it's fine like i still have like clips of me like audio clips of me playing trumpet and like like when yeah. i got that uh this little project with my cousin's dancer friend i like didn't have like business cards like that's not a thing people do i feel like anymore but mm-hmm. i guess i guess it is i'm just not in the business you send them to but... your
1: website check out my website exactly
0: yeah. I sent her to my website and I, with the disclaimer, it's very outdated, but if you go on the media page, there are recordings of me if you want to hear if I can play trumpet, like, or whatever, like,
3: yeah, <laughs> so
0: it's that's cool. You know, it still serves. But like, I, f-
1: I feel like, you know, the counter argument there though, is that's one of the rare places where you are in full control. You own the data that's not hosted totally. on Google or well, Twitter yeah. or whatever, where can- it can be floating out there and people maybe retweet it and now it's not even on your page anymore
0: with the ex- exception of like cached i mean google caches pages and like i've found if i yeah, google and the myself web archive with, does yeah right web archive if i google myself with the right keywords i can find the older versions but part of that's my own uh neglectfulness like i haven't taken those off the server like i could just take them off
1: yeah, that's true. And like how many people are uh, gonna know like your name and those handful of keywords to look right. for? Right. No, they're
0: not. They're not. But it is funny. Like at at the school that I'm at now, more than any other school, I've had more kids, like usually fourth and fifth grade, that will come up to me and say, "Hey, I googled you," and like uh, so they're yeah, taking. I guess
1: that's kind of weird. Yeah. If you there's have that kids. whole
0: thing too, and it's and I just laugh and I'm like, "Oh, what'd you find?" Like, and it's nobody's like been mean about it. Yeah. Or anything. But it is like, it is like funny. I'm like, I would never have thought to do that when I was 10. Like, that's weird to me. <laughs> right,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, because you couldn't really.
0: Well, yeah, right. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's a generational thing. It's like they're they're it's digital crazy. natives. There's kids that, like kindergartners who can do things <sighs> on my iPad that I, I'm just like surprised. I remember at the last school that I worked at, i had I got locked out of my own iPad because I forgot to I had it set up where if I did the three like the parental controls where if i if I tapped the home button three times it would lock into the single app but there was one day where I forgot to do that and I had been using it basically as an e reader like at, in lieu of a textbook and i they people were passing it around, and somebody in this fourth grade class decided to put a passcode on my on oh my, my iPad, God. and I like interrogated a bunch of like basically the whole class, and like nobody would admit to it, but people like pointed fingers at different people, and like, and I never, I just had to delete. I didn't have there wasn't much that I lost, but um, it was it was like a a, a jarring reminder of like yeah, there's, hmm. like, I never would have thought of that like that Interesting. someone would do that i mean the reason why you do you do the the parental controls is so they're not like you know googling inappropriate things you know i just never i wouldn't think that their go-to would be ooh, let's lock this like
1: <laughs> yeah kids are bastards
3: <laughs>
1: yeah uh in whatever generation they are but now they have tech tools but right. yeah i think i guess you're in a different position like i assume that like it's you know like it'd be great if people wanted to, to listen to my podcast and you know that'd be fun right. but i also just kind of have low expectations that probably no one's gonna find me um right. and yes. that's totally fine but yeah if i had a class then they might be looking me up and then they would find it and maybe it would be embarrassing if i said some like dumb or incorrect stuff like in an old podcast or whatever and it doesn't sound yeah. like i know what i'm talking about but um I don't yeah. really think about that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I'm just paranoid, but it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the <clears throat> concept, like, also, like, Very Bad Wizards, I, I've talked about that podcast before, like, they've done some episodes with some depressing, like, social science findings about, like, like, for one thing, like, n- just knowing just knowing about the Dunning-Kruger effect doesn't diminish its effect. Like, it doesn't actually help to know that it exists. Right, I
1: totally forgot it exists, and here I am talking about Alexa like an expert.
0: But even, like, yeah, even knowing that it exists, like, there's just no way to, like, check yourself on something like that, which I, like, get, because it's like you're one... Everybody is their own... Yeah, you can't be uh, a monitor of yourself like that but there was another one that they did now i'm going to forget exactly what it was but i that,
1: think that's it- why it's also up to the listener or the consumer too yeah. <clears throat> which in this may be a little tangent but uh when the whole like fake news stuff got more common in the political discourse i remember thinking about how in my high school i think it was either ninth or tenth grade I mean, throughout my education, we did this, but there is an explicit moment in my education where we talked about media literacy and everyone's assignment was to bring in like this is back, you know, I don't know, uh, like newspapers, bring in newspaper clippings, Bring, bring in two articles about the war in Iraq that's going on or something like that. And, um, but it has to be from two different newspaper companies. And I was like, why teacher? And then <laughs> they're like, read it. Now, do you see anything different between these two things or whatever? And like, right. These different activities that you can do, like just bullet point out the facts and ignore everything else and look at who the publisher is and like all that stuff. And yeah. so now, now when I like peruse through, you know, Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and people share a link. You know firstly i look and see like who published it and then you click maybe and you 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 look at it some more and you realize oh that's some biased vocabulary and stuff like that that pops out as red flags and then sure but now that you know people talk about like all this fake news and how like that feels like half the country or most of the country just got duped i just wonder like was i in some sort of special privileged school that had media literacy does no one else get any of this media literacy because it seems common sense to me
0: yeah i think that it a few things changed though like it used to be that it was print sources were much more common and and i mean in order to make like a fake newspaper or something like there were certain i think technological barriers to bad information being disseminated whereas
1: true it's hard to set up a company overnight you know
0: 30 years ago and just now and and now that like twitter and facebook and like like the concept of like social media and social sharing have are are they i guess they just sort of even the playing field in terms of like the you know all the big companies the media companies and the big you know, companies that, that are reputable, they use that to get their information out, but also just any old person in their basement uses that, and they might have more followers, and they might, like, it's like there's just, I think it's more difficult to discern than it used to be.
1: Right, uh, but that's about quantity, right. and, you know, maybe you, sure, you could see... You know an article from a Hufflepuff you know newspaper sure. has two million shares on it and then, and then okay, so maybe that has some sort of validity to it I'm you know it gets my attention, but then it probably wouldn't take me very long to be like, "Well, what the fuck newspaper is this? I'd never heard of it, and then well, right. like where do they come from and that kind of thing, so it kind of quickly falls apart, but I guess you know maybe most people they don't even get that far they just hit share because they agree with the headline well
0: i think there's that and i think it's also that there's because of the pot bigger quantity this is my intuition would be because of the huge quantity speed and the technological advancements it's all about speed like it it used to be the case that there was more of like a news cycle and it was like, whatever, 24, 48 hours. Like, and it, the, the news sort of dropped, you know, when the newspapers dropped and it was, you know, extra, extra read all about it. Now it's like just, yeah. there is no cycle. It's just 24 hours a day at any time something could drop. And it's, if you're a news source and you're not on it, then you're missing out. And it's like, the True. speed is like very... And so then... It's like even the ones, even the sources that should know better sometimes end up jumping on something sooner or like without really checking it out. And then because of the quantity, there's so much volume and so much like cross-referencing that kind of just like muddies the water about like where did this really start and what Mm -hmm. is the actual source material? Because there's so many like news uh. And and just websites and, yeah. and organizations that basically just disseminate other people's journalism, other people's reporting. Yeah. And just copy. That's true. And, I didn't
1: think about that. Yeah.
0: And so then it's like it it seems like it's it has good sourcing, but it might not. Like I don't know. I just really think it's just it's, a game like, of telephone. It's all gotten yeah. I just think it's all gotten more complicated. But uh, but yeah, they were. I was thinking about that. On um, Very Bad Wizards, they were talking about like I think it was the uh what do they call it? Bias, implicit bias. And mm, like, yeah, you know, that's like a big thing nowadays, and like just implicit bias tests, because they now have like tests about this, and like the fact and and implicit bias uh training and like sensitivity training around this, like hmm they were talking about how there's not really any evidence that it's effective, like that training, and that it doesn't actually... Like, knowing that you have a bias is not apparently... It's not clear that that is an effective way to combat the bias. Right. And, like, apparently in some cases it could even make it, like, worse or something. Like, there's a weird, like, like, sort of really sad there were some sad conclusions about like (laughs) how things like that work that it's like it's deeper embedded and there's not like i have to re-listen to that episode now because i because it Hmm. it reminded me of that we were talking about
1: well i think yeah i'd be interested to listen to it too but i think that a lot of that you know a bias or any type of um behavioral Issue being made aware of aware of it like temporarily maybe you think like okay sure I'll keep an eye out for that and not do that again Um, you know like if like if I tell you like oh man you really curse a lot and then you're like oh okay I guess I'll quit doing that and maybe you're good for half an hour but then the next day (laughs) you just go back to to dropping f bombs all the time it's it's um, I think it's just it's around you know uh mindfulness and on top of uh reinforcing a habit yeah you know if you um if you go through some sort of training or whatever like a job training of like oh don't be racist (laughs) then you walk (laughs) out of there you're like great i've got my certificate i'm not racist anymore yeah and um (laughs) but uh really that you know the the true way To improve, I don't know if, you know, there's curing or if there truly is absence of racism, that's a deeper topic. But I think that through um, exposure, you know, to other people who are counter to whatever bias, in my example, racism or whatever, that helps constant reinforcement, reminding, self-evaluation, whatever.
0: I think that that I'm remembering now. I mean, I think that was part of what you said was in terms of like, yeah, remembering right afterwards. And then also like, I think part of it was that people, especially if there is like a certificate or if it's like a program that has this fancy sounding name, it's like, if you go through some sort of training, then you feel like, okay, I'm like cured of my racism or like, I'm like, you know, like, then you actually are less, um, Ought, you 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 put your guard down like mm. they talked about and they've talked You're about like, oh, this the problem
1: solved so i don't have to worry about the problem well, right they
0: talked about this in a more concrete way like about like driving uh training like people who take defensive driving courses as a result of some court order or something like a lot of times they actually end up driving more recklessly because they have more confidence behind the wheel like they have uh-huh. this sense of like oh now i know I have this newfound knowledge and understanding. So like, I'm all good now. Like I'm not going to (laughs) happen again. Like I'm on the straight and narrow. And then they, they let their guard down and things can happen. It's like. Interesting. Yeah.
1: A false sense of uh, confidence or security. I feel like
0: these are all kind of related. It's, it's interesting with like Johnny Kruger and like the concept of just feeling. Yeah. The more comfortable you get with something, the more confident you get it's like all it's just like that everything in moderation i don't know
3: mhm
1: interesting well i think we're at an hour and 45 now
0: so i yep mine is coming up at hour and 50 okay so hopefully that's
1: we, good good enough material another yeah. thing I, I was thinking about is um I don't know why I've always been editing the podcasts down to like one hour, like that's the common mark. And okay. then, and then it occurred to me that doesn't matter. Like if your podcast well, you... is an hour and twenty, it's like it's sure. not going to break well, you anyone's could do phone.
0: Two parts. You did that with, uh...
1: <laughs> with Alex. Yeah.
0: With Alex, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool.
1: Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Did you, um, did you check out Idagio?
0: Yes, I did. I was going like... to ask you about that. I didn't sign up for the free thing but I looked uh-huh. at it and I have the app and I learned more about it. I don't think right now I'm consuming enough classical for it to be worth it but I'm I think yeah. it's very cool.
1: I I'm sort of like I wasn't listening to a lot of classical but then I got it and so now I'm listening to a lot more.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Um and it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um I was just thinking because they have this new, or I don't know if it's new. Let me see when was it published. Um, oh yeah, it is new. Uh, on Andras Schiff recording of some Schubert sonatas and impromptus, cool. and it is on. I wish they told me what it was, but it sounds like a contemporary piano, like the like an olden time, oh a week, okay, a weaker piano. Um, it sounds pretty cool. It's like, like a- um.
0: Tuned differently, you think, or like, like an early no, it, piano? Like uh, a,
1: yeah, like an early piano where it's it doesn't have as much resonance and right. it has more. The action is is louder. It but sounds kind of like not a
0: harpsichord, like still a piano. No, no but
1: it's just... it sounds it sounds similar to a harpsichord but softer.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I actually thought uh when you said that actually there. There is a Benjamin Britten piece that I almost did for my senior recital that's on natural trumpets that outlines the harmonic series pretty well and it's mm-hmm. it's I don't know how that would work as a clip. Well, I guess if if the podcast's an hour then you could I guess play the whole thing. The whole thing's only like 3 minutes, but oh, okay. um, it's called uh fanfare for St. Edmundsbury, fanfare for something and it's there is. It's usually played on modern trumpets, but there's recording mm-hmm. done by the Seattle Natural Trumpet, this group uh, that does it on natural trumpets because he composed it using the harmonic series in three different keys. It's really cool. It's it's like it has three different pieces, three different fanfares that are in three different tonal centers, one's in C, one's in F, one's in G, that, and also three different, like, characteristics, uh, sort of, like, they, one of them says, like, heroic, one of them says something else, the, and they each kind of, you know, are a little bit different, but they all come together at the end, and it's, like, a really cool sonic experience. That's cool. I mean, if any of that stuffs even stays in there, because I know that, like, harmonic series stuff just got into the weeds really quickly, but...
1: yeah yeah you started out in the weeds
0: (laughs) i started out very like oh yeah of course like know your audience (laughs) yeah right right right. Um, yeah so
1: okay well that's what this podcast is for yeah so in conclusion thank you for being my guest
0: thanks for having me it's been fun
1: and uh hope to have you again sometime maybe we can have like a rotating chair of of sure. occasional guests uh, i'll have it in, in the back burner for whenever josh is busy doing something go. more
0: important <laughs> yeah and it's 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 fun thanks for having me and being patient with the technology it uh came together
1: yeah yeah it did i think it's gonna be a good one now i've got plenty of good stuff to edit which is what i'm here <laughs> yeah. for
0: I gave you a big <laughs> job. There we <you> go. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right.
0: All right. Have a good night.